This is the Frontier of Finance, the podcast that covers the hottest new funds and important milestones of marquee funds in Canada. On the Frontier, we go directly to the source, interviewing portfolio managers, executives, and sales leaders at the top asset management firms. Stay on top of the latest innovations, react to market trends, and make better investment decisions for your clients. I'm your host, James Rockwood, and I'm welcoming you to the Frontier of Finance. On today's episode, we're talking about ESG. It's been big news recently, and there's huge demand for these products with investors. ESG means funds that are aligned with environmental, social, and governance factors. Investments into these funds and ETFs grew 67% last year. They're continuing to grow in popularity. To help us explore the growth in this category, we're taking a look at the new CIBC Sustainable Investment suite of funds. These were launched in July 2021, so they still have that new car smell. Today, I'm joined by Aaron White, Vice President of Sustainable Investments at CIBC Asset Management. Aaron works on the development of ESG policies and consults on any related issues to ESG. With over a decade of experience, Aaron takes care of the distribution of these funds into institutional and regional markets. Aaron, thank you for joining us. We're happy to have you on the podcast. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right into it. It looks like CIBC Asset Management has launched a suite of ESG funds. Can you give us an overview of them and why did you launch the entire suite all at once? So CIBC's sustainable investment strategies were launched in July of 2021 and they consist of three asset classes, Canadian equity, global equity, and Canadian core plus fixed income, which are also the building blocks for three balanced strategies. They focus on delivering investments that avoid harmful sectors, including significantly lower traditional energy exposure, while also employing a best-in-class ESG approach to portfolio construction. This means that the strategies provide exposure to higher-quality sector-relative ESG companies and issuers. The launch of these strategies is really an intersection of investment-led capabilities at CIBC Asset Management, as well as client demand. So first, let's start with demand. As a large asset manager, we have the benefit of access to investors across the spectrum from large institutions through high and ultra-high net worth individuals, and all the way to people just starting out on monthly deposits. Responsible and sustainable investing has been an increasing focus amongst all of those clients and prospects across all of these channels, particularly in the institutional market with endowments and municipalities as they're getting greater push from stakeholders to align their investment portfolios with the values of those stakeholders. And then in high net worth segment where investors are starting to think about philanthropy, but also about wanting to infect change within their investment portfolios. The second aspect is investment capabilities. And at CIBC Asset Management, when we started our journey of developing ESG investing capabilities, including our proprietary approach to evaluating material ESG risks, 
we made the decision to be investment-led. And what I mean by this is that we didn't want to just create products that were not authentic. And so we first focused on working with our investment teams to develop the processes that drive our ESG integration practices and now our sustainable solutions. And so the timing was really right for us to meet this developing demand from our clients and prospective clients with authentic investment-led capabilities. And so you launched the whole, so I, these are really good points. And I, I think the interesting piece being that you've got sort of two different types of um, motivations from the different populations uh, of investors that are sort of driving that demand. And on the other side, I think it's interesting. So launching the suite at once, you know, you, you're trying to basically build out like a balanced sort of set of, of investments so that is the idea that somebody could go, let's say, 100% ESG type portfolio, if, if that's what they're looking for. And it just gives you broader way to sort of hit the different components if somebody wants to say, focus one fund on ESG and leave the rest to traditional. So it kind of gives you that flexibility. Or why did you go with the whole suite? You know, really our focus here was to be able to meet the needs of investors that are focused on sustainability. And so whether that's 100% with CIBC managed solutions through either our balance funds or utilizing the building blocks independently, or whether that's through complementing some of our strategies with our peers' strategies to build a comprehensive portfolio. And so we wanted to provide investors with the options to select where they felt either CIBC asset management had leading capabilities uh, from a from a an asset class perspective, or in order to fulfill their entire investing needs through our investment suite. And are you seeing like a preference to people going more 100% ESG or sampling ESG in their portfolio, or, or has have you got the data yet? Uh, I wouldn't say we have the data. It's it, it's really from an anecdotal perspective is is mixed. Many investors who want to align portfolios with their specific values really want the entire portfolio to be reflected within those values. However, what we're also seeing in particular in, in the in the high and ultra high net worth segment is investors who decide that a portion of that portfolio will be allocated to within a specific value set. And this is really based on a lot of, I think, client myth that is out there that sustainable investing strategies come at a concessionary rate of return. And so they're they're willing to have the broader portfolio allocated to traditional asset classes and sectors and a portion to align with their values. Yeah, and I think that hits on a good point. I mean, there has been a history of skepticism around ESG investing. What have you seen as some of the barriers to that might prevent somebody from wanting to sample? I mean, there's that idea of the lower return. Is there anything else you've been hearing or any other barriers that, that you've had to uh, face when, when trying to distribute these products? Yeah, so it, it really is the, the primary myth being the concessionary rate of return. And, and it comes due to the fact that in, when investors think about ESG investing or socially responsible investing, they think about investment strategies from the 2000s and earlier. So your first socially responsible investing strategies that simply restricted specific sectors and or industries, and therefore all they were doing was limiting in the, the perceived investment opportunity, which would therefore lead to concessionary rates of return. So firstly, this has largely been debunked. Uh, when we look at traditional SRI indices, which have been around for 20 plus years, they've actually, over that time period, outperformed their respective broad benchmarks. 
But we're also starting to see significant advancement in the availability of investment options and ultimately the capabilities that underpin them as investment managers have have focused on, like CIBC Asset Management, developing capabilities within the space and thinking outside the box in terms of how we can accomplish investors non-financial alongside their financial goals. That makes a lot of sense. And I'd be interested to see too, I mean, do you see any barriers like Canada, from a societal perspective, supports ESG. From a, a stock perspective, we also have a you know, ton of oil and gas and, and mining and some things that may not score great on ESG. Do you see there being any sort of conflict between those two when it comes to investing? Or do you think that ESG will still be able to be really successful in this country, despite its focus on sort of less high-scoring ESG industries? One of the issues that we face with ESG as a, as a term and, and as a subsector within investing is, is that the dominant force within the space sort of captures the entire space it, it, as far as the perception of investors are concerned. And so ESG investing doesn't necessarily mean that you divest from specific sectors that are relatively dominant within the Canadian marketplace. Uh, We don't have to divest from fossil fuels. We don't have to divest from mining. It can mean a lot of different things in terms of investment outcomes. And so that's where advisors really need to focus on understanding what their specific client is hoping to accomplish with that capital and then how we can align the investment solutions to meet that that demand. So there's lots of options in terms of things like active ownership where we engage with investee companies to facilitate change. Um, we, We spend a lot of time working with our oil and gas Canadian companies on both the investing side through us, but also through the broader CIBC organization through our efforts in investment banking and capital markets. And we'll tell you that oil and gas executives recognize change is coming and they're focused on how they can adapt their business models to 2050 and beyond where most companies are making net zero commitments in the last few years, and we expect significantly more over the next. So so we do spend a lot of time working with our investee companies in the Canadian oil and gas space, uh, engaging with them, focusing on how we can facilitate a climate transition rather than simply divest. Now, we recognize that our clients have specific values they want to accomplish. One of the primary ones is divestment. And so that's really where these strategies are meant to align with that client outcome. But there's lots of options within ESG investing in order to help facilitate change. And so we expect that this is going to be a continually growing trend within the Canadian landscape. and, And it doesn't necessarily have to be at odds with our broader economy and GDP. Maybe if we can focus on uh, on one fund, let's say the CIBC Sustainable Core Plus Bond Fund, and how an advisor could use it. So a little bit about it, maybe f- just very very quickly, if we can think a bit about like the investment philosophy be- behind the new fund. I think we understand sort of why you've created it, but a bit about philosophy, and then we'll talk about how as an advisor I can use that in my practice. You know, firstly, maybe let's define what core plus fixed income is. Core plus refers to the fact that we're targeting, you know, traditional Canadian bond exposure while adding sort of plus categories that can enhance the risk-adjusted profile of, of the strategy. So the, the dominant underlying investments are still Canadian government and provincial bonds. 
However, within the plus categories, we're very much focused on adding additional exposures to enhance return while reducing risk. This is really where the outcomes from our sustainable process will be leveraged. So, um, you know, how the strategy might differ from a more traditional core plus strategy that's in the market today will have meaningfully less exposure to the energy sector. However, we are allowing, despite whether a company is restricted from its fossil fuel involvement, to invest in their green and sustainability bonds. And so we, help, we, we think that this is a way with which we can provide access to capital to some of those Canadian companies that are trying to transition their business model to the future state of a sustainable economy. And we think that also aligns with our, with our clients' values. Yeah, I think that underpins the value of sort of the bigger weight of a larger asset manager dealing with some of these companies and having access to a broader sleeve of potential investment options. And then if I'm an advisor, who's this fund for? What's my client look like? And, and how am I going to position it to this client? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is is that advisors shouldn't think about this strategy as, as who do I want to target this to. Firstly, they need to focus on understanding their clients' non-financial ambitions. And so understanding what's important to them and how their investment strategies could help accomplish both those non-financial and financial goals is the first step in who this strategy is ultimately for. Yeah, and so it's going to come from a lot of that those those discussions that aren't necessarily you know pure retirement goal. Like you're you're going to be asking when you're doing the the broader discovery, and they're ma- making mention of other things that are important to them. And then in that too, you're just getting into it a bit. But I love to know like how would you use this fund in a portfolio, and then what should it be paired with, or you know would you go sort of full ESG sample it? Talk a bit about that. Yeah, so you know, it really depends on the clients and what they're hoping to accomplish. Uh, most clients, we suspect, will use this as part of the entire portfolio being ESG or sustainability focused, uh, and and this really would be the core component of their fixed income. So, you know, what would I pair this with? I would either pair this with some equity strategies through our sustainable suite or others. I would also look to pair this with your non-traditional fixed income strategies that might offer a higher risk return opportunity. So these could be things like multi-sector credit, maybe private strategies. Um, you know, for your high net worth investors, there, there's there's increasing options within what we call impact. Uh, fixed income or uh, private fixed income where you have specific outcomes aligned with the capital that you invest. Unfortunately, that's a, a little bit of a smaller market in terms of the public markets for our clients with less capital to invest. But but there's there's lots of other sort of higher risk return up the risk spectrum on the fixed income side that you would pair this strategy with uh, to, to build a, a total portfolio. And I know you alluded to the performance of ESG versus benchmark and traditional benchmarks, but will they behave differently than traditional funds? Like, do you see, you know, different volatility, different standard deviation? Um, If the returns are slightly superior, I mean, could I replace, you know, pull out a regular sort of core plus bond fund and and replace it with this and expect it to, to generally behave the same? Yeah, so I, you know, there's the the one key nuance here, in particular in the Canadian Core Plus space, is Canadian Core Plus typically has meaningful exposure to high yield uh, 
energy bonds. And so on a relative basis, the strategy will obviously outperform or underperform based on the relative performance of, of that sector. Now, when we look historically, you know, what has really been one of the big tailwinds of SRI investing or sustainable investing has been the lack of performance from the energy sector over the course of the last couple of decades, in particular from 2015 till today. And so, you know, if there is a reversion, uh, you would expect maybe some slight underperformance. But we, we, you know, we'd only be talking a few basis points because we have a lot of other tools in the toolbox that can generate similar yield with similar risk profiles as that high yield debt. And so ultimately, you know, we hope to be able to deliver outperformance on the index, certainly, uh, and then also a similar to possibly better risk return profile than our traditional core plus strategies as well. So I don't think that investors need to think about this strategy as a concessionary in, in nature. Uh, they just need to understand how exposure is different than uh, your traditional allocation. And so that comes with a different performance contour. I like that a lot. I mean, I think one of the things that this could really be helpful for from an advisor's perspective too, is if it's you know, roughly the same but you knew, know ESG is more important to this customer or to, to your client, sorry, then, then I think that this is a really powerful way to grow your business. And I mean, how are advisors growing their business with ESG? Those that are adopting sustainable investing, ESG investing, responsible investing within their practices, we're seeing them have a tremendous amount of success. Advisors historically have not engaged with clients on these issues. And if they did, the product was really not available to meet the client need once they got through the discovery process. So we believe that these solutions meet the need of many investors that are focused on these issues. And it also provides the fulfillment that advisors need to actually engage in these discussions with their prospective investors or existing clients. I would really encourage every advisor listening today to start discussing your clients' non-financial goals and objectives. Our experience has really been that advisors that do this increase client satisfaction, which ultimately leads to better retention and a significant uptick in referrals. And so this can really be a powerful tool in building a moat around your clients, but also increasing the tangibility of their investments beyond the financial statements that they receive on a quarterly basis. And, and they really can understand what they're owning and how that ultimately impacts their, those non-financial objectives that they have. And then how is this product benefiting its investors? You know, talk a bit about that, because I think that's a really good point to try to build with both the client as you're trying to talk to them about it as, a, as an advisor, as well as once the client's in the fund. So really, one of the key differences with our strategy versus the, the peer group, we're the first to do this in Canada, you know, beyond the advantages of aligning your investors' portfolios with their values, CIBC Asset Management will also be donating 5% of management fees earned on the entire suite of CIBC Sustainable Solutions today to charities and nonprofits that are focused on facilitating a climate transition. And so this means that investors that are hoping to solve for the climate crisis, which we see as a, a 
primary demographic of who will want to invest in these types of strategies will receive the benefit of the divestment, financing a transition through the inclusion of green and sustainability bonds, and also through the charitable nature of the strategies. We think that's quite powerful. Yeah, that's an awesome initiative. And that's a really cool point too, for an advisor who's able to bring that up. Like that's just an extra little bit you can add when talking to your client about this type of product. And, uh, you know, her to hear on the frontier. That's why, that's why we're doing this. Try to get people the inside scoop. And then what can we look forward to in the future of ESG? You know, it's, it is, as I mentioned, I think it's the right crossroads now, but it's also the beginning, I think, of a lot of this. And so be lo- love to hear a bit about that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We're, we're really right at the start of a lot of exciting developments within ESG at the moment. Uh, What I'm most excited about and what I believe is the next frontier of ESG investing is is impact investing. And so this is where the primary primary objective of the strategy is to deliver positive environmental or social impact and then a financial return, which is either concessionary or non-concessionary, is secondary to that. And, you know, really... I think a key thing to highlight here is that when impact investing first started being circulated, it was really thought that non-concessionary was the only way to do this. And we're seeing that this is actually not the case. Many investment managers have developed robust methodology that actually delivers non-concessionary or or actually alpha-driven returns while also focusing predominantly on that impact portion. Uh, And we're seeing other advances in the methodology that's in both the public and private markets to accomplish this type of investing that ultimately allows investors to achieve change similar to the objectives they might have through their philanthropic efforts while achieving those financial returns. And so this is going to lead to a significant shift in terms of how foundations and charities manage their investments, but also how individuals think about their total portfolios or certainly a portion of their portfolios that they might have earmarked for other charitable efforts that can almost create charity and perpetuity as you focus on those those trusts and foundations and donations. That's a really exciting future. And more and more, I mean, you definitely, every, every dollar you spend is a vote. Anything else you want to you mention about either the products today, the suite of products or, or ESG in general, impact investing? I think what I'd just leave you with is that we at CIBC Asset Management are committed to developing our own capabilities in this space, meeting the ambitions of our clients, whether they be financial or non-financial. Uh, and that means lots to stay tuned for as, as we expand the suite to provide more available investment options to clients that are focused within, within this type of investment solution. And we're really excited about the future of what both CIBC asset management can do, but also the entire industry can do to affect change and tackle some of these major social and environmental challenges of, of the next several decades. And then if I'm looking to find out more about the CIBC suite of sustainable funds, you know, what's my best way to, to learn more? Yeah, you can find information on our website at either renaissanceinvestments.ca or cibc.com. Uh, you can also reach out to your uh, in investment sales representative within Renaissance or CIBC. And, and I'm always available as a resource to that group as well. So happy to connect with you uh, through them as well. Aaron, thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. This is awesome to hear about 
I think a really exciting and new change in the industry beyond just a, a product selection, as you mentioned, seeing where it's going in the future, I think is really exciting. We really appreciate the support and we really appreciate you spending the time today. Thanks so much for your time. And thanks everyone for listening. There you have it. ESG. I know we're going to be covering this a lot as so many options are entering the market these days. ESG is a huge opportunity for you to speak to your clients beyond just returns. For some people, it's a double win. They can access the returns they want while also making a difference and voting with their dollars. At Capintel, we're advocates for holistic wealth management. What that means to me is to go beyond investment management and to connect client investments to their own personal and financial goals. We're not just talking tax, financial plan, and required rates of return. We need to add the idea of sustainability, philanthropy, and the legacy they want to leave behind. Your clients will see you making the extra effort, building a stickier practice and deeper relationships. ESG is a key way to bridge this gap. Just take CIBC's pledge to donate 5% of management fees to groups helping curb climate change. It's key features like this that we want to expose to you on the frontier so you can talk to them with your clients. So next meeting, try it out. Ask about sustainability and see if it sticks. I'd like to thank you for listening to the very first episode of The Frontier of Finance. I'd also like to personally thank Aaron for being our inaugural guest. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you soon for our next episode.